On this week's episode of Smarter Building Materials Marketing, Beth and I talk about the eight different types of video that every building material manufacturer needs and how to more effectively use that video in the sales funnel. All right, let's get into it. Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff. All right, Beth, how are you doing? Yes, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I, I'm really excited about today's podcast. We're going to be talking about video. It's something that I know for a lot of people was once a bit of a mystery, but I, I really feel like a lot of manufacturers have gotten over the hurdle of actually creating video content on a regular basis and, and using it. But I think, and I, I think you said this as we were prepping for today's podcast, is that it's it's a lot easier to create video than it once was. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it because it's something that's now obtainable basically for everybody, no matter what equipment you have or what size marketing budget you have. Creating video is, I mean, it's easier than ever. There's always going to be a place for like really highly produced, extremely professional video. But there's also, we've, you know, we talk all the time about how well just videos that are shot on iPhones are performing on social. You have that one video. Who's the company that does the jumping on the plywood that you talk about? All oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Huber. Huber. Huber has this, Huber. Huber has this, it's like the greatest video ever. Like they have this video where like there's literally a bunch of, a bunch of men in a warehouse jumping on like underflooring materials and like, this this guy this he like works in the in the manufacturing plant he like goes through and names all the different manufacturers of the different uh, wood and he jumps on each one and he's like this is so and so and jumps and it breaks and this is so and so and jumps on it and breaks and he goes and this is Huber and jumps on it and it doesn't break and he's like and then he goes like bah Huber and like that's it like <laughs> like <laughs> and you're like all right. I will. Thank you very much. I will. I will buy it. Thank you. And it's like, it's definitely shot on a mobile phone, like nothing, nothing fancy. Yeah. I was, I, it's funny. I was actually talking to a client of ours earlier this week and they've got a really super durable product that they're going to like throw off a roof. And I'm like, do we need to call up like our video production company and da da da? I was like, no, just like go outside and get it on your camera. And just record yeah. on your camera. It'll take you 30 yeah. seconds. And it's funny because, and you know this, Beth, like we do, we do video advertising all the time and we've seen that like handheld video actually will produce or perform better. Like we did a video for ourselves recently that we at literally added handheld motion to it because it was too stationary. Like, isn't that funny? It used to be like, let's make it super, super polished. And there's a place for that. You don't get me wrong. But like the authenticity component of video is becoming like exponentially more important, almost to the point where it's like, how do we spend as little amount of money on this as possible. You know, what we're seeing is that not only are people recognizing that video works, but we're seeing video prioritized across platforms. We've talked previously about on past podcasts about how Facebook's algorithm basically egregiously prioritizes videos almost at the sake of everything else. Um, And part of that is because video is the most effective way to combine emotional and rational communication. There's a lot of reasons that we're seeing video work. We know that we're drawn to faces. We know that movement grabs attention. I think one of the main factors, though, also is just the ability to convey emotion. 
We like to think that we're logical beings. You like to think that you make purchase decisions based on logic, weighing the pros and cons, but ultimately purchase decisions really boil down to making an emotional choice. What's going to make me feel the best? What's going to make me feel like I'm becoming the person I want to be? I'm reaching the goals that I want to reach. And you can simply convey emotion more effectively through video. It's true. It's really true. I think like if I, if I read a piece of content, like that, the tone and the emotion within that is really up to me as the reader yeah. to like get that. Like, but if, in video, like you can be really subdued or you can be super like pumped, you know, and that's hard to, that's hard to get in written form. Not that, not that you shouldn't do written form. Like we do a ton of written content, but yeah. it's, it's important to think about that within your video efforts as well. Video is not only something that we consume visually, but it's even, it's now becoming something we listen to passively. It's passive content consumption. And like, I think that there is an excess amount of content out there on the web. There's, there's so much content being thrown at your audience. If you're a manufacturer, that video gives you a, a play at getting a slice of their attention that other forms don't because they can listen to it passively and, and gra- you know, gravitate towards it. I think that I saw a stat that said that 80% of online visitors will watch a video. Only 20% of people are actually going to read your content. But here's the crazy thing is like sometimes what we see in our tactics are we, we create written content to then get someone to a page via Google because Google will index written content. But then once we're there, our whole goal is to get them to watch the video. The whole goal is to get the audience to watch the video. But on the front end, it's to get Google to index that, that written content, you know? Yeah, you're hitting on two really good things, Zach. And I think one is about video being passive. Video allowing you to continue on what you need to do while you're still absorbing the information. There are a couple of big online publishers that I am more inclined to click and read their articles because I know that there's about a 70% chance that they have an audio format for the article that I want to read. And if I get there, if I get to that really long article, I really want that information, but I just frankly don't have the time. Like you're saying, you carved out time to read an article, the amount of articles that have been added to my to-do list and then slowly moved from one day to the next, to the next until three weeks later, I'm like, I'm just never reading this article. I just need to move on with my life. But if there's an audio version of that article, which is really common now, you get to the article and they're like, would you like someone to read this to you? And I'm like, absolutely, I would. And then I'm able to consume the information. I'm now, you're still building that brand goodwill with me. You're still being that thought leader with me. And I'm now more likely to read your content in the future because you're ensuring that I'm able to absorb the content that you're putting out there that you know people are searching for, but you're giving me a way to make it fit into my day. I mean, just think about, just think about a product page. If you're building a term manufacturer, 99% of people have a product page. Let, let, I mean, it's got to be a hundred percent, right? You sell products. You've got to have product pages. Most product pages have imagery of, of their products on it. But if you think about adding video to those product pages, for example, what's the likelihood that someone can more quickly understand what you sell with a video than versus just an image? Zappos actually, they tested this out recently. And what they saw was that when they added video to their product pages of people using or wearing their shoes or trying them on, that their conversion rate went up 64%. People were 64% more likely to buy a shoe after watching somebody walk around in a shoe. 
Nike's doing this, right? Yeah, Nike's doing this really well. Um, my husband is a runner and is looking to buy some new running shoes. And we were looking at their shoes last night. And what they're doing with their product videos is really interesting that they have basically four quadrants of video. So you're getting three separate angles of the shoe um, based on the color that you're selecting. But then the product video is running 100% of the time that you're on the page. And what a lot of people typically do is you kind of have to browse over to the product video and then click to get the product video to play, which is still valid. But having it play the entire time, like it's constantly answering my question of how is this going to look? What's it going to look like with socks on? And I know this sounds like it may not be you know, very applicable to the B2B market, but imagine you know, you have pros coming to your site who have questions about what does this look like when it's installed? What does this look like when it's up next to a certain paint color? Or what does it look like when it's up next to the tile, different tile patterns, or when it's installed on the floor, when it's in daylight, when it has furniture over top of it? There's tons of questions that you could answer through video. Imagine having an installation video playing in one of those quadrants as your professionals are clicking through different color swatches, inspirational photography, installation photography, and getting a better and better idea of what it's like to work with your product. You're making them feel more comfortable about what it looks like to interact with your product, to install it. You're, sl- you're also conveying to them like, hey, this guy in this video, he's a professional. He's an installer. Look at him installing the product. You're conveying to them this product is being used. So you're being able to hit multiple messages without having to clog up the page with lots and lots of text. At the end of the day, like if you look at your buyer journey, if you're manufacturing, you're listening to this and you look at your buyer journey, the number one thing you need to pay attention to is that video, the main driver for it should be to reduce friction. You've got to use video to reduce friction in the sense of what are the problems that people have in using your product or within your category? Because video can explain that and help articulate that almost better than any other medium. You know, so if, if um, for example, one of the issues with your product is that people don't know how to use it or they, they don't want to change because you're introducing a new product. Video is, is prime to help with that. Or if you need to convey a really small element about a, a feature around your product, I mean, goodness, have a video. You know, like we're going to go into the different types of video you need here, but it's all about friction. So is there something about your product in comparison to a competitor? Or if you're trying to shift a mindset of somebody to potentially use your product over an alternative, or if there's anything at all in the buyer journey, and we'll go into this in a minute, it's all about reducing friction because video is something that can very quickly change someone's mind because you are able to connect with them on, as Beth mentioned earlier, emotionally and rationally. All right, so let's get into the eight different types of video every building material manufacturer should have. The first one that many are familiar with is the how-to video. And we're just going to kind of quickly go through these and then talk about how to use them. But the first one is the how-to video. This really is how to use your product. So if your product has some complexity to it, or even if it isn't complex, show me how it's used in the live environment. I would say also for how-to videos is we're seeing a lot of, that's what people search. How do I install XYZ? Yeah. So not only how do I how to install, but then how to do projects. So this could 
this is a great way to hit not just the only professionals, but also the DIYer and homeowner market. So think about expanding outside of product or think about expanding outside of videos that surround specifically your product, but supporting your audience set on a larger basis. Yeah, I think with how-to videos, as you mentioned, Beth, this is a very, very high entry point. When you think about the inventory of, of video content that you need to have within your, within your brand, have how-to content as it relates to the category, not just your individual product lines too. So if exactly. you, so for example, um, if you sell into like, let's say the decking space, if you, if you have a decking product, I know that that, that example might not make sense for your brand, but the, the thing I'm trying to get at is there's so much, there's so much for search volume out there for the professional and the commercial space, as well as residential in terms of how, in terms of how to do something that is at the very beginning stages of the buyer journey. The next video you need to have is the explainer video. Explainer is different than how to, because you're literally showing somebody exactly how something works. So the how to is how to do something. The explainer is showing why your product does what it does. You're explaining why it is better. You're explaining the different aspects of this. One of the best examples of this I've seen is Tyvek. They have this really crazy uh, page on their website where they literally walk through all of the different, and we'll include this in the show notes, all the different aspects of, of, of how their product works and why it's better. Yeah, explainer videos are great. If you have a complex product or your product is slightly different in your product category than your competitors, explainer videos are great for showing the multiple layers of the product, why the different pieces that come together in your product work the way that they do. A lot of times looking at a product it, at face value isn't going to tell the whole story. So this is where explainer videos help come in, peel back the layers, give your audience that insight into everything you know to be true about your product. But now you're not just giving them the bullet points in an article, you're showing them this is, you know, has a extremely high rated water barrier, but you're actually showing the water barrier that maybe isn't visible at face value. The next type of video that you need to have is a testimonial video, which I think we're all very familiar with, but we actually produced a piece of content. I think it was last year about that tried to contextualize and change how people should approach testimonial videos or case study videos. It's what they can be called as well, which is most manufacturers, you know, they get a camera in front of one of their customers and they say, tell me about why you use this product. And the customer goes, I used it because of X, Y, and Z and I love it. But what I, I think the, the best use of testimonial videos is, is not only using it on your website and using it in social media and things of that nature, but the, the really the framework for a great testimonial video should be starting with the end result that a new potential customer would want. So framing it around how to do something great. So for example, let's say you sell, you sell shingles or roofing materials. You might want to say how one roofer sold more roofing jobs with less labor. Something like that. And then the video is you're interviewing this guy, how he did it, and then the intersection of your product in that testimonial. So your product is a part of it but you're really giving the end user or your audience something that they want at a deeper level. They want to sell more roofs. They want to do more roofing projects. 
and uh, they want to do it with decreased labor. So that's just an example, but you're, you're, you're framing the context of the value of your product around a, a, real, a real need that your audience has. So fourth type of video that every building material manufacturer should have is an expert video. Something that we've seen really hit a peak and just we see no signs of stopping is influencer marketing. And that's where expert videos comes in. So expert video means having an expert or a respected influencer in your space using your product in a video. And this can easily be an expert doing a how-to video. There's a great way to accomplish two birds with one stone. So let's say you, let's say one of your target audiences is interior designers and you sell interior doors. Creating a video, how to install a door with that designer as part of that project is going to get you a lot farther and get you increased traction because they're going to share that out. Their followers are going to hear about your brand. Their followers already trust them and want to engage and purchase with the brands and products that this influencer says they should. So that's just one example. There's a ton of ways to go about expert videos. I, I think, Beth, real quickly, the thing, that, the thing that is so important about that that you just said is the trust component. Like Part of yeah. what you're trying to do as a brand is establish that trust. And that's something we talk about a lot is, is that trust component as well as value. And when you get an influencer or an expert in your space to do a video about whatever it is, and it's demoing or, or talking about your product in the context of whatever that person is doing, like that immediately elevates not only the perception of your product, but the value that your brand can bring. Which leads to the fifth video type that you need, which is the product demo video. So you've got your how-to, you've got explainer videos, testimonial expert. Product demo is just showing how, literally showing how the product works in action. So if you've got a really great, let's say, paving material, like you've got pavers uh, for landscape architecture spaces, showcasing how your paver works in an environment, like a live environment, is a great product demo video. You might want to talk about water runoff. You want to talk about durability. You want to talk about use over time. Showcasing how that product performs is a really, really critical video. And, and frankly, sometimes you I – know, I, I know I'm getting ahead of myself here, but sometimes there's overlap between – a how-to video, an explainer video, and a product demo video. They don't need to be exclusive. You can have that overlap. And sometimes that, that is the most effective way to go about doing it as well. But we're, we're highlighting these in these different contexts to showcase. You've got to make sure you, you tell the whole entire story of your product and brand as it relates to your audience. Yeah, and that's, that's a great point, Zach, that there's a lot of overlap. Something that's important to keep in mind with product demos is don't get too hung up on features. So it's really easy to talk about the features of your product. You know, it's the certain specific tech specs, even the fire rating or something like that. So um, we're big fans of StoryBrand and StoryBrand has this great way of framing things of it's their products have features, benefits, and results. And really what your audience wants to hear about, what's going to resonate with your audience is results. So don't just stop at discussing the benefits. The benefits is, you know, lead certification or the benefits are having a design that maintains its integrity after, you know, 30 years of installation. So make sure you're transferring that into results because that's really what your audience wants. So if you're 
feature is a specific type of material that's extremely durable, a benefit would be not having to replace the material or repaint the material in you know, 10 years the way you would have to another product. The result is... You don't have to worry about it. The next type of video you need is the brand video, which I think every manufacturer loves the brand video. They love to talk about themselves. <laughs> Uh, I'm not saying that this is a bad thing. I actually think there's a time and a place for it. But I would say the number one thing you need to focus on here is is if you're going to talk about your brand, which you should, is talk about it from the context of what matters to your audience. Like focusing a lot on just on how long you've been around um, and what your core values are, that's great. But as Beth mentioned a minute ago, show me what, what kind of impact that has on me. Tell me why I should care. Otherwise, you're going to lose my attention. The seventh type of video that you need is the event video. This is becoming even bigger, is literally creating videos for events that you're going to or videos at the event that you're going to. This showcases a number of different things. There's a lot of value behind this. This also shows that you're relevant within your category and you're a leader in the sense that you are creating content to help educate your audience as well as be a part of the space. Yeah, you put a lot of effort into putting on events and it can feel... A little bit not necessary. It can feel a little bit too much effort because that event starts and stops. But if you turn that event into a video, then it's essentially unending the amount of return on investment, the amount of times you're able to reuse that content. The final type of video is live videos. Live video can sound really intimidating. What's interesting is that it's now become such a common feature on social media platforms that kind of the barrier to entry for this has lowered recently as well. You don't necessarily have to have this huge deal in order to go live. So we're seeing things like people using live video for webinars, which is a great, great idea because you can not only have the live video, but also reuse that live video in the future for ads. Another great way to use live videos is if you're at trade shows, and you're, you are getting FaceTime with your audience directly in your booth. Do a quick live video, a quick Q&A. That's going to give you, one, some great market research to see what questions exist in the market about your product. But also, you're showing your potential customers that you care, that you're asking what those questions are, and you're spending the time to answer those questions on the spot. There's, I mean, there's an endless opportunity for live videos Really, the main point that I want to hit on here is not to be intimidated by having that, that moment be completely perfect. We, it's totally okay to just be a human on there. Um, you don't have to look like a glamour influencer model. What you, what's the most important is the information that comes across and the time that you're able to take. Yeah, I think like if you're meeting with a customer or you're out on a job site or even if you're in a manufacturing plant, like there's something something to be said about being authentic and just saying, hey, yeah, we're here, we're looking at this great product, we're talking to this person, like we're really excited about XYZ, like check this thing out. And it's like that, like it's a small plug, it's a small little storytelling component, but it also shows that you are actively engaged in your people, you know, within the industry too. So Beth, why don't we just quickly walk through an example video marketing funnel. So if you have three stages, you have the attract stage, you're trying to gain awareness. You have the convert phase where you're trying to, let's say, increase leads. And then you have the close phase where 
you're trying to actually turn that lead into a sales opportunity, right? So attract, convert, close. We have seen tremendous results from using video in the attract phase, which I don't think a lot of manufacturers think about. They think, I'm going to use that video and place it on my website versus how do I use a video to actually increase awareness? One thing we've seen, and I think you mentioned this a minute ago, Beth, was video is an, an incredible driver for awareness, with specifically within social media and YouTube. So if you're a manufacturer and you're trying to grow awareness around your product line, you can actually create a video and then distribute that, promoting it through Facebook, through Instagram, LinkedIn, or even YouTube for that matter, at the different audience sets that you care about. So who is your ideal customer? And let's get a video in front of them to drive them to your site. And the incredible thing about this is that specifically Facebook and Instagram, they are rewarding advertisers like us for using video because video is entertaining. It caught, and so they, they actually charge you less, right? Yeah, expert and how-to videos are great ways to attract because they're really giving value. And that's where you want to start when you're at the top of the funnel. You want to start by giving information that your audience wants or aligning yourself with influencers and faces that they know and trust. So those are just two quick examples of if you're starting out and you're like, how do I get video launched or where do I need to start at the top of the funnel with video? How-to content is great because, again, it's answering specific questions. An easy way to do um, or to find an idea for a how-to content video would be go to Google in the search bar, enter how-to, put your product and name in there, your product name category, and then see what comes up. If it's how to install, how to decide on a color, whatever the case may be, you can make quick video, make a quick video about that. Boom, attract video. It's happening. This is where videos like product demos or how-to content or even those case study testimonials can come into play. You've got your product. You're going to quickly show how it works in a live environment, the benefits of it. And then what you're going to do is in that video, recommend the next step. So someone watches that video, they get the idea and picture of what you're trying to provide them and then tell them, hey, if you like this, if you want to try it out, request a sample or contact one of our consultants or do X, Y, Z, whatever the action is, always remember to try to tell them what to do next, either in the video or right next to the video. Because otherwise you're just leaving that person hanging. It's like saying, hey, here's where the party is and then not telling them where the food is. Like you got you to lead them down that journey. Maybe that's, maybe that's not the best example, Beth. No, I think that's a great example. And honestly, it's key because even though the barrier to entry or the barrier to creation for videos is so much lower, it's still time and effort. And anytime we're doing something, we have a saying like, if you can't measure it, you shouldn't do it. So how are you really going to measure that your video is working? Views obviously are a huge metric, but being able to measure conversions and being able to measure next steps taken, that's going to tell you, is my video communicating what I want it to communicate? And if you have a clear conversion point on your video and it's not happening, then you have a clear starting point of, okay, there's got to be something in my video that's missing. What additional information do I need to have to make this action, this call to action more compelling? Exactly. And so then once you've gotten them to that conversion point, they become a lead or you've got them registered, whatever it might be, that's when you have opportunity to close. So typically what happens here is if you've got that lead in, you've nurtured them using automation or something in your system, 
your sales team then can use video to help close that sale. So this is where those testimonials we talked about are really compelling or those product demo videos just to reinforce that it's a, a really strong product that's worth their attention and worth them to specify or worth them to consider buying becomes that much more effective. I even think one thing we haven't talked about that is like personalized videos of like showcasing how a video might work in the environment that a customer might want. So if you're selling commercial products, doing personalized one-on-one videos specifically for a potential customer is a great way to also help close the sale. Yeah. Another way that personalized video could come into play is if you get a hot lead come in through your contact form or probably through an email because it's going to be really personal. So there's a potential sales lead that you've been chatting with and he asks you a specific question. Um, We actually have a friend who was telling us a story about his son bought a car this way. He bought the Cayenne. So what happened is his son sent the sales guy a question via email. They'd been emailing back and forth, I think trying to set up a time that the guy that he was going to come into the showroom and see the Cayenne. And he was like, hey, can you tell me, I don't know, let's say how it looks when the doors open. To be honest, I don't remember what the question was. So the sales guy takes a video on his phone, walks him around the car, opens the doors, closes the doors, shows him the dash, turns it on, pushes buttons, blah, 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 and closed the sale with that video. He bought this car technically sight unseen, but he had seen it. He knew exactly what he was getting. Because he, he watched that video. Yeah, exactly. And I think that that is an important like indicator for the, the times that we live in is like we trust video and we believe it. We just, for, as a manufacturer, you've really got to think about how do I use it the right, most effective way versus just, you know, number one, putting it on YouTube and secondarily putting it on your product page or your website. You know, think about how can you use it in other means to gain awareness or use it within your email marketing or use it within your social all through this video marketing funnel to help you get more leads. But I think at the end of the day, as Beth mentioned, track those things and be comfortable with continue to pivot, improve and look at the metrics to see what's working, what's not working and be comfortable with that. Because the great thing about video is it's interchangeable. You can use it in one area for one thing and then use it in another area for another, you know, another way. Well, thanks, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Smarter Building Materials Marketing. If you want more great content like this, go to vendio.com slash podcast to sign up and get more great content delivered directly to your inbox or to wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Until next time, I'm Zach Williams alongside Beth Popnikolov. Thanks, everyone. You've been listening to Smarter Building Materials Marketing with Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff. To get the resources mentioned in this podcast, visit venvio.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.